Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Smashing Brands podcast. Smashing Brands, as of 2019, is a business personality magazine where we get an exclusive look at Seattle's interesting business people and what we can learn from them. Many of the takeaways you'll often find are in the area of branding, marketing, leadership, relationships, and business strategy, depending on who's being covered. On this episode of the podcast, I sit down with Justin Wu, who I would identify as a serial entrepreneur. He's mainly in the industries of blockchain, marketing, and fintech. Uh, He's grown a huge following on social media while building successful businesses. So this episode is primarily focused on how he's grown a personal brand. There are so many great and advanced strategies you can really take away from our talk. Let's begin the episode. All right, so Justin, thank you so much for joining me on the Smashing Brands podcast. I'm so excited. Um, so for the people that don't know who you are, how would you introduce yourself? <laughs> yeah, <I guess. laughs> we're only laughing just because uh, I've been a lot doing a lot in the marketing and growth hacking space. Yeah. And it started out with uh, SaaS companies as well as agencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the best way to actually let me take one step back is uh, I'm a growth marketer slash information architect, study information architecture at the University of Washington. Some of you might be asking, what is information architecture? It's just a combination of data science, marketing, and uh, software engineering or computer science. Uh, And it's super relevant for marketing, if you think about it, because marketing is so technology-driven, especially these days. And so you have to understand the product, the customer, and uh, the software and app running it. And uh, it's not enough to just be a marketer but not understand the technologies mm-hmm. and apps and uh, chatbots out there. And that ended up translating very well for growth hacking. That's almost essentially yeah. what growth hacking is. So for me, I'd say like the best thing is just like I'm just a growth marketer, uh, really focused on helping uh, companies build communities, brands, mm. and growth. Yeah. And you're, I would say you're really notable in the blockchain space as well. Yeah, for the past year, I've been uh, all in in the fintech and blockchain side of things. Yeah. Uh, and that was not, you know, before that it was like heavily e-commerce, Kickstarter, and apps. And, you know, like for me, I'm, you know, especially as a marketer, I just love studying different markets, whether it be geographical uh, or yeah. different industries, it's like esports, cannabis, and stuff. So. Uh, it's always like a, I'm learning every single day, and yeah. uh, I'm a big believer that uh, finance and fintech will be disrupted uh, in a big way this year. Wow, similar okay. To what's, uh, what we've seen with like how Facebook and Google changed the game, or Air, Uber and Airbnb. We haven't seen that for banking and fintech, Yeah. and that's literally the business of money, right? Right, yeah, yeah. And so it's like... That's why you're so passionate about it. I'm so passionate yeah. because it's, it's yeah, literally it's the business coming. of money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why not be in the money business? <laughs> so exactly. that's, that's just, that's just the, how I uh, decided to go all in on, on, cool. on all that. Awesome. So for the previous guests I've had on the podcast, um, I've had quite a few successful business people who have built really brands, personal brands around the city. They're not known really well on like an online level, but they're known in the community. They built successful businesses. They're generally much older. They're not millennials. But what's really interesting about just having Justin on the podcast is he's built a really solid online personal brand. He has a lot of followers on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, 
Twitter, you're That's verified right. on Twitter, you have over 130,000 followers, you know, you're relatively like well-known in this whole marketing and blockchain space, and there's just a lot of people that know who, who you are, and you've been featured in all these publications. So it's just really great to sit down with someone who's gotten a lot of exposure and understanding kind of how you've done that and where you kind of started. Yeah, for sure. And uh, just to give people perspective, like uh, I've been building my brand, uh, personal brand, for the past, I'd say, three to four years now. Mm -hmm. uh, and it really just started out with me sharing my insights and knowledge every single day. But before I actually started creating a personal brand, yeah, I was already doing marketing for the, what, the past 10 plus years. Okay, yeah. Before I actually built a brand. Yeah. Uh, and the only reason that I really came out and started creating content for my brand is because I was just sitting on the sidelines and kind of hating a few of the personalities and influencers out yeah, there. Yeah, okay. Uh, I just started seeing marketing, growth hacking, and startup content not being a certain quality. Yeah. But uh, I had a good conversation with my friend, and he was saying, well, it doesn't matter if uh, you think that you're better than this person or this marketer if nobody knows about you. Right. Like, you can't really talk or say anything because you're on the sidelines. You're not actually going out there and educating people. Yeah. And so... That's true, yeah. So I was like, okay, you know what, you're right. Like, you know, it's in, in some sort of, like, uh, sense, like, I'm, I'm a gamer and competitive guy, and so I was like, okay, well, you know what, like, I can either shut up or put up and actually go and execute yeah. and build a personal brand. And I'm, I'm naturally an introvert, and it was very hard for me initially to actually mm. speak. I was getting super nervous speaking in front of people, even speaking in front of the camera. It took me... Uh, to shoot like a five to ten minute video it took me two hours, two hours <laughs> right? Like it's crazy. I feel it, I feel it, I feel it. Right? But I I just broke through that and just started doing it every day and yeah. it became more like second nature and second habit. And it's all started out with uh, Snapchat actually, which is a really weird platform. Yeah. <laughs> so where were you four years ago when you started? What were uh, you doing? What was your day to day like? Yeah. So I was building a. Uh, a marketing agency at that time mm -hmm. and what I was doing was I was just simply uh, showing my work as well as highlight documenting and highlighting my client work and campaigns I was executing yeah and one thing that I found very successful was me talking about uh, before I even execute a campaign I share my plans mm -hmm. like literally my wireframes and diagrams so it's the actual strategy? Yeah, of what you did, like where we, the client has this objective, this is what we're gonna do, like yeah. before we even execute it. Yeah. Like this is what we're gonna do and I'm gonna tell you what happens. Exactly. So, like that. so it's that's just like, the same idea. Yeah. So that's my first video. Okay. Then the second video then uh, afterwards is me actually executing on it. Yeah. And then the third follow up would be me talking about the results. Mm. Whether they're actually passed or failed. And I failed in oh, front wow. of people. Uh, live, so but, funny. <laughs> and uh, and the difference between that is that most people don't want to admit failure, but I use that to my advantage by taking them down. It one. keeps me accountable. If I'm not as good of a marketer as I say I am, then, yeah, yeah, <laughs> then I'm gonna start sweating bullets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everything out there, right? But. Uh, but also too, um, I still turn a loss into a win opportunity by 
uh, taking in that data or that campaign and sharing it with my audience and then saying how this is what happened, it failed, and this is how I could potentially do it better. Yeah. Um, so it's like actually learning. Right, there's so much value in that. Yeah, and one other thing too is since my audience was watching me, uh, they were giving me essentially feedback, free mentorship, I call it. Yeah, Because like I was, for example, one video I did was me failing at sales. And so somebody sent me like this full, like their sales template, their sales script a little nice. bit even too, their copy. And that just revised and it was completely free. They just saw me like yes. sucking at it, right? Well, but being openly, uh, I think what people do appreciate is uh, a real attempt and real insights instead of uh, people just sitting there, uh, out there passively, not trying to execute. Uh, I think that people love to see essentially proof of work of you doing and trying things. And, yeah. learning and learning and people will have a lot more respect uh, for for you as a personal brand and as a person in general if that makes sense yeah absolutely yeah because it's interesting because out of creating all this you could have some really kick-ass case studies right to show for the work that you did but also you're creating like a community of marketers oh yeah 100 percent. right who are following you and want to know and will eventually want to learn from you as well so you're basically he's this is how you build your personal brand around the marketing space, essentially. So let's go a little bit more in detail. When you first started off, was it like a blog? Like, when no, were you I, distributing content? Honestly, it was just, again, it was weird. It was, it was on Snapchat, and Snapchat was like 10 second video. It was on Snapchat. It was directly inside How did you of Snapchat. get people to follow you on Snapchat? So that's the hardest thing, right? Yeah. The fact that I was able to do it was like a, a crazy thing in itself because. What ended up happening was Gary Vee and Ty Lopez, Grant Cardone started pushing Snapchat heavily. I mean, every entrepreneur and marketer went on Snapchat because it was the yeah. hottest thing. And what I noticed was nobody was, even like uh, Grant Cardone or uh, Gary Vee, mm -hmm. they would just say, inside of Snapchat, they'll say, hey, watch my YouTube video. Yeah. But they weren't putting the actual YouTube video inside of Snapchat natively like they weren't talking about their marketing lessons inside of snapchat yeah they're saying like, go, go go here go out and nobody really like if you're on a platform you're there to consume native right not link out so usually oh. and so that's what i was like okay you know what let's push uh five minute worth of content five minutes worth of content Correctly. inside of snapchat uh at first people were complaining to me like this is really long like but i was like you know what i, I looked at the stats and data um Maybe like twenty percent were actually watching it through through the whole way, mm. but they were watching it every day. So then, yeah, it was, let's say like, inspired. It was like only yeah. like maybe start out with twenty people. Uh, what's important is if you're going all in on like a platform, Snapchat or LinkedIn, you want to just like funnel all your networks into that. So I did that like Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. I pushed like all my profiles with my Snap code, and ah. so. Then uh, for and then the three months passed. Maybe you had like fifty views, uh, but there was the wait, wait. So the first three months, you only had like fifty people watching you. Yeah, consistently. Uh, oh, okay. It was, it was hard, but it, but the cool thing was the thing about Snapchat, and I think live stream is also very cool too. Is that you constantly get feedback very fast, whereas like yeah. you, the th the difference is that you put a video and you get fifty views on YouTube, you might not get any comments. But it's the feedback that really drives you to both revise your personal brand and content, Absolutely. but to also encourage, it, it, to me, it encouraged me to continue creating content because even if it was just like 50 people, those 50 people were saying, like, I love your content, like, please do this every day. And then they yeah. started, t then they slowly started 
telling a few other people to watch my channel. Then, then I saw 50, 60, 70, 100. Um, then it kind of still stayed there, right? 100. And then one day, again, one of the persons that found me on Twitter, uh, because I shared my snap code on Twitter yeah. and, my, and some of my videos, uh, they wrote a Medium blog about top five marketers to follow on Snapchat. Oh, and how niche. That, yeah. uh, that exploded on Medium and that just shot me up to like 500 views within that, uh, that time. Uh, and then uh, another month passed, the Wall Street Journal found that exact list and then followed me and then watched my content and then invited me to uh, create content at the conference and channel too as well. So, wow. so it, it, again, it was like a long-term game, but... How when, long? How long are we talking? That's probably like six months, six okay. months of like con consistently uh, creating content. But even if I wouldn't get that spike, I think what was important is uh, the way that I was able to keep stacking uh, the growth and, and attracting more people was yeah. every time I created one uh, piece of content on one platform, I would take and download all my snaps and then re-upload it yeah. onto YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, uh, at least a preview of it. So then people are saying, oh, what's going on Snapchat? Then they'll follow me on Snapchat. So it's like giving little hints uh, or little previews on uh, multiple syndicated channels to repoint back into uh, the channel and brand that I'm looking to build. Yeah. So that's that's kind of like the the tactics and things I've done. So how many views did you started getting after you featured in the Wall Street Journal? Uh, it was about like four thousand, five thousand. Okay. Uh, in the marketing space, that's like you know it was like fluctuating. That were watching your story. Yeah, they're watching my story. So you stories. could essentially call yourself an influencer at that point if five thousand people are. For, especially for the category of how how niche it was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not. I mean, obviously, like unless you're like a Kim Kardashian, you're gonna get millions of views anyways. But for right. uh for Snapchat, it was extremely it's extremely hard to get views yeah unless uh, somebody else is plugging you from the outside right yeah yeah and not like 20,000 how many did you end up getting total uh, that, that was it honestly oh, okay. and um, I know that you could get 20,000 or more but those were the more broader categories because marketing and entrepreneurship especially on snapchat was so niche it just never yeah like, I did still not, huge though yeah I, I don't maybe like a Gary Vee would get probably like 20 30 like 20,000 for just to give you a size for yeah, yeah, this okay. person. And um, there were a few other personalities out there were around that range too or less, but um, the, the people that were getting like the more broader, they're like comedy and yeah. uh, hot girls and a few other right. things. So those, you'll get mass views versus uh, more niche views. And um, for me, it, like that was a, like a high number until Instagram stories came out and it just like everything just went downhill. <laughs> right. Yeah. <Absolutely. laughs> Okay, yeah, because yeah. some people, they'll have, like, their YouTube channel that has, like, millions of subscribers, and they'll be like, follow me on Snapchat, and it'll get a yeah. ton of views, but you actually started in... From Snapchat. You really started then, in Snapchat. Yeah, yeah, started That's in Snapchat. amazing. Yeah, and, uh, and then from there, branched, uh, branched out into Twitter, uh, and then LinkedIn is my, the most uh, focused right now for me, is, has been... LinkedIn for the past year. So yeah, so you so, went from, we'll talk all about yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> but so you went from Snapchat to Twitter. How did you get 130,000 followers on Twitter? Yeah, so there's been a very, so there's a few things that a lot of people don't do in terms yeah. of Twitter. They don't get involved with uh, Twitter chats. Those have been super big back then. Um, I don't know if there is as effective right now, but like you get into conversations and everybody will, 
essentially feature you on a tweet and okay. then retweet everything that you you do. Interesting. Uh, so that was like a oh, kind of like uh, they have those like like pods. Yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of like yeah. that. Okay. No, no, no. Okay, so there's pods and then there's uh, more like a tweet uh, tweet storm essentially of you and somebody just going back and forth, but everybody is following the specific hashtag that you created. Oh. Uh, it could be like a hashtag for this podcast. Yeah. Uh, that is happening at, let's say like 1 p.m. or 2 p.m. Yeah. And uh, everybody is gonna just tune in to that hashtag and okay. retweet everything that you kind of say. So that's like- Oh. Uh, yeah, so that's one thing that has a, a, tw a tweet chat. It's, it's, a, it's not, a, so that's the only thing is Twitter doesn't have that natively. Like you have to go and create it yourself on, on Twitter. Uh, but another tactic that I did was um, some sort of uh, build a kind of like a viral giveaway uh, with a lead magnet, meaning um, I'll create like a growth hacking video yeah. and then create a landing page for it and say, if you want um, this ebook, uh, this one pager or the summary or video, uh, go and go to my landing page. When you go to the landing page, it's going to ask you to share, follow, like, uh, before you get the piece of content. Oh, so instead of an email, it's like... No, I'll, ca I'll capture the email, Yeah. and then I'll also ask them to do a share. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So it's, it's so then it's like playing off of uh, a big value need and interest, capturing somebody's in, in, and getting them at the most uh, yeah. uh, tentative time, and then having them share to get more other very similar people to then hook them into that. That makes sense, but how do you promote yeah. the lead magnet? Oh, I mean, I mean, it's just like, what I'll do is I'll go to like a Facebook group and then I'll tease something. It's like, oh, seven figure Kickstarter. If you want to know how I do it, comment growth. And the more people that comment on an Instagram post, LinkedIn post, Facebook post, yeah. the more it will trend in the group or Facebook page itself. So then 100, 200 people will pile in every single time. And you do that across multiple groups with each lead magnet. I can take one ebook yeah. and go to like all the top uh, marketing groups out there and just hang in out there. If you want it for free, you, go to this landing page. Not even. Like just tell them comment first. Like you're not going to even give it to them. Is this within the group? Yeah, within the group. Okay. And then, so you tell them the comment. Yeah. So then it just spikes up. It's going to be the number one post in that group. Yeah. And then you immediately uh, edit the post itself with the link later on and then you go and either DM or reply to every single comment and say and give them the link. Ah, uh, and the link goes to the landing page. Yeah, go to the landing page. Where they have to enter their information. Yeah, and then they can share it out. So that's so, so then so good. then again like even if you're getting like fifty people to engage, right? Or ten or twenty, then you go to another group, you get another five, ten or twenty. You're just stacking these chips now, like little by little, right? And then within a week, you could have a thousand people. Honestly, you can build up an email list a thousand if you really wanted to, just for by free. Promoting your email, I mean, by promoting uh, this lead magnet, yeah. These groups. And then you just just keep deploying lead magnets, right? And then and then you can cross promote that to your other social media. Yeah, exactly. But then now, but now it's also <laughs> like you're, so you're you're building up a free email list of let's say now a thousand people. Then when you release your next lead magnet. You just take all that thousand emails and hit them with this new lead magnet that they have to share again. 
to get more people, and then you're stacking your chips. Oh my to, like, gosh, because that's its own promotional. Yeah, exactly. So it's like always, it's literally taking a stack and, 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 and blowing up bigger and then creating a new stack, and then you're just, you're just literally like rebuilding your funnel every single time. This is really a comment. Yeah, so that's, that's, uh, that's kind of my growth hack <laughs> in terms of building a community, list, and followers. Through a lead uh, magnet. Awesome. Yeah. So how many people are on your list now? Uh, it depends on what, what category it is. For like blockchain, like I have it by geographical location, so it's like in, in a couple thousand per city. Uh, and then in terms of like the growth hacking side right now, it's about like 20,000. Wow. Uh, but that's because like I, when I switched to blockchain, like I just went all in on the yeah. blockchain side of things and I need to re-jumpstart the, uh, the growth hacking side of things. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about LinkedIn a little bit. Oh, my favorite platform. Yeah. <laughs> So why are you all in on LinkedIn right now? I want to hear your take on that. Yeah, so there's a lot of there's a few different points. The biggest point that I want to make is that LinkedIn has all the top decision makers in the world, all the mature yeah. C level, uh, again like corporate high level executives on there. Yeah. And you have a lot of uh, more traditional, uh, more old school money there too. It's just like if you think about it, uh, everybody that goes to LinkedIn. Um, everybody has LinkedIn, whether they're actually active on it or not. <laughs> they all have it. They all have it. And um, yeah. if you think about like the, the high level markets out there or just like high level executives and decision makers, they're, they're not going to do as much business deals in, on uh, Facebook. And they're definitely or, not going to chat on Instagram. They're not on Instagram. And they're, and they're maybe on Twitter. There's a, good, there's a good synergy between LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, for professionals. But not to anything like Snapchat uh, or Instagram. No, or not, not at all. <laughs> yeah. So to me, it's just like it has all the, the best audiences on there. And one thing that LinkedIn did differently um, in the, within the past year was they added, they changed the newsfeed to copy everything that Facebook did. Yeah. So instead of being chronological, it's now algorithmic based. Yeah. And so it's your content can go viral now based on how many people like, comment, and share your posts. Mm -hmm. So content marketing is super huge, and if you want to become a, a thought leader or influencer in yeah. whatever industry or category that you're in, you can go ahead and just totally dominate. Uh, so to me, it's just, if you want to spend any time to actually get real leads and money, <laughs> yeah, uh, LinkedIn is number one for me, to be honest. <laughs> Absolutely. So I talk a lot about growing your following on LinkedIn because part of what I do, so I'm a marketer I and mean, everybody that watched my podcast knows that I have a growth marketing company, but I also love teaching people how to build a personal brand mm -hmm. on the side, whether it's in marketing, finance, fitness, whatever it is, like you want to get more clients, you want a better opportunity, like building your personal brand, that's huge. Yeah. And LinkedIn is a place to do that. Yeah. And I want to tell you what my LinkedIn strategy is for growing my following, and I want you to critique and maybe improve it. Okay, yeah, definitely. So this is what I'm doing. So a lot of the content I create on LinkedIn is I'm trying to build my personal brand around how to build a personal brand, mm -hmm. more or less. And I'm trying to answer all the common questions that people have about building a personal brand, yeah. which is how do you define it, what types of content should I be creating, You know, what are my values as a person, all these Basically answering all these questions that people might have, trying to teach them how to build a personal brand, you know, two, three minute clips at a time. So yep. I'm doing that. But I'm like, my content is only going to be, see is only as good as the people that really see it, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm doing things on the back end as well, such as, I'm when I'm really good at this and I'm devoting time to it, I'm commenting on a lot of posts. Yep. A lot of posts just within LinkedIn, just 
whatever's getting some sort of traction and there's something that I want to speak upon based on the post I see in the feed, I make genuine thoughtful comments. Yeah. So I do that. Too. And also, LinkedIn is the only platform that I know of where you can actually control your follower account. So okay. you can actually yeah. add people, right? Yeah. And that increases your following. Yeah. So what I do is I find people that are making really genuine engaging comments and I send them a personalized connection request. Yeah. yeah. So I'm doing those three things. So I'm creating the content, but I'm also making all these comments and I'm continuously adding people to my network. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm doing. Yeah, that's huge. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, no, I think that you're doing the exact thing is that you're engaging with the, the most influential and engaging people. Uh, commenters and yeah. people within the network, right? And mm -hmm. as you are creating content, then you connecting out to them, they're gonna start seeing your content and they are more likely to comment and engage. So that will did, help. Yeah, because you're giving them them by commenting and then they're gonna be yeah. 100%, and especially if they are commenting within your industry or topic or niche, yeah. it's gonna be super huge uh, in, in that case. And so uh, it's always good to comment and engage with other content creators Yeah, because then you are building a relationship and rapport with some other top influencers out there, yeah. right? Um, so then you can do some cross collaboration opportunities and create some videos together, which then that can help level you up. Right. Uh, and then, Like what we're doing right now. Yeah, right now, right? So it's always, yeah. it's always good uh, in, in that aspect. And then, uh, and then also going after all their top commenters, that's very smart because you're just stacking it with, again, Similar to what I did with Snapchat, you're getting the top engaged people mm -hmm. and adding it to your stack. And yeah, and it's going <laughs> to continue to grow, and then yeah. it, you'll hit that viral uh, virality, you know, soon because of how much uh, constant people that are immediately going to be like tuned in every single every single time you, you drop a piece of content. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Should, yeah. Should I be adding a hundred people to my network every day? Uh, yeah, if you do that, you have to get Sales Navigator, uh, because Sales Navigator will, the thing is that if you don't have Sales Navigator on LinkedIn, it's going to really throttle, uh, throttle you. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Uh, it's going to, LinkedIn will have, has restrictions on a, a normal account. Okay. Uh, if you connect with uh, 100 people a day. Yeah, what happens? Uh, they just tell you you're connecting with too many people. <laughs> But yeah. if you have a sales navigator, if you pay to play, essentially, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, as a salesperson, you connect with they they interface and connect with a lot of people a day, so they have a more increased threshold. Oh, do you know what it is? I don't, I don't know, but, but always do it within you know uh, a good limit. So you think it? I should take advantage and add as many people as I can. There's some people that don't don't believe in it. For me, on the growth hacking side of things, I'm a believer in that tactic. As long as you are going for very targeted people, yes, and you're, and then you're also focusing on creating content because yes, you have to be focused on creating content. Yeah. otherwise, what's the yeah. point? Because you want and people to see it. What you're doing, what you're doing, is essentially increasing your your uh, both depth and reach of your uh, content, right? Like you, yeah. you're building you contact you, adding people that are commenting is going to get more engaged people. And so you're going to get a whole stack of uh, yes. people that will contact, uh, co comment on your uh, content every single time, and then you connecting with 100 people a day uh, will potentially increase the reach of your post. Will then reach more, even more people. Does more followers mean more reach? Typically, yes. Unless the followers are not active on your uh, your link uh, on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. 
then you are hitting a wall. But right? if like, they it, are, but they are, then it's then you're, you're gonna get more. Views. It's amazing. Yeah, you're you're in a, you're an amazing spot. So that's what's amazing about yeah. LinkedIn is because if you're trying to build an audience on Snapchat or Twitter or Instagram, like it takes a lot of like you have to people have to follow you. If you you can just send personalized connection requests that are great. Mm-hmm. It can even be canned, right? You can, it, uh, it just. Uh, it has to just come down to copy, really good copy. Yeah, That's really it. good copy. Yeah, and then you can basically have as many followers as you want, and up to like thirty thousand. Up to thirty thousand. That's still a lot. That's still a lot. <laughs> still a lot of to, followers, to, especially to jumpstart your your brand and business. And what I would say that for everybody that's watching, um, again, if you subscribe to Sales Navigator on LinkedIn. You can utilize LinkedIn search to its fullest. So let's say, like in Seattle, you want to connect with every CMO out there. Um, you can't really find them through LinkedIn search without a paid subscription. But if you have a paid subscription, yeah, you can type in that query um, and search, uh, and you can do it for like Link, uh, New York, SF, and that will really help you build out that really strong network of connections uh, within your pocket of. Uh, industry that you're looking to engage with if that makes sense yeah absolutely so and what I'm doing is I'm finding so I'm creating a lot of content on personal brand building so I'm finding people that are making really genuine comments and I think when somebody makes a genuine comment on a popular content creators post they might be interested in building their personal brand mm-hmm. just because why else would they be making the effort they obviously want to get some recognition maybe yep. That's kind of my theory around it. Yeah. But I mean, if you're not, very few people are building a personal brand around, it's kind of meta, around building a personal brand. There's a lot of people potentially in this Facebook group right now that are watching that want to build it in the marketing space. So would you say go to people like Gary Vaynerchuk and some of these other marketing influencers on LinkedIn and then add the people that are making comments? Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Those, that's the exact target to, to go after. Because everybody's watching their co- their content uh, yeah. are looking to do something along those lines, right? So, to me, that's a very smart way to, to get very very targeted uh, audiences. <laughs> yeah, it's like some people, you know, I, I build my fa- I build my business around uh, Facebook ads. A lot of it. It's uh-huh. not really what my personal brand is based around for the most part. But I remember I've seen this Gary Vaynerchuk video, and it was all about Facebook ads, and it had like hundred and seventy seven. Yeah. And I thought, dude, if I was building my brand around Facebook ads, I'd be adding all these Every people single one. And, this, yeah. and building connections with those people. Because you can't, you don't really know otherwise who the ad fear now. We had to just restart the, the cameras over here, but uh, cool. Um, yeah, so back to LinkedIn groups. Yeah, so just groups is a really great way to just capture people that are have a lot of interest and intent of, of a specific topic. And, and what better way to gather all of those like-minded people than a group? And, and groups are, uh, I think LinkedIn groups will be big. I don't think it's big right now. I think mm-hmm. that for whatever reason, LinkedIn hasn't given LinkedIn groups a lot of love. Maybe they will. Um, I hope that they will. They, they keep saying it every, every year that they will. Uh, the moment that you start, my hope is that I hope that LinkedIn group posts will start showing in the newsfeed more. I, I just feel that it doesn't yeah. as much. Uh, the benefit of a LinkedIn group in the future is that you can, that group itself can continue to grow and you don't need to uh, be connected to every single person. Um, yeah. Where, where I'm getting that is if that group naturally organically grows and you yeah. keep putting content in there, you're going to get a lot of very, very targeted eyeballs to your profile now. Then yeah. you trying to play shotgun on your own feet. 
right? Um, if you go into a group and you push content, you're going to know that you're going to show up in the newsfeed of those targeted uh, Just the audiences. people that are interested. It's in. going to be huge. You're, you're going to be able to really influence and get a lot more views, especially in that from, from nothing, especially if you have no view. And that's the same exact tactic that I did with my lead magnets, right? I go into these other big groups, especially if I have nothing, right? And I drop in a, a big value ad, which could be like ebook or video, and I'm capitalizing on the groups itself and their audience and the algorithm to, to blow up in the newsfeed. And then boom, 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 100, 100, 100 uh, people here, here, here. I, yeah. built, I built an audience from, from the get-go, so. <laughs> These are all really good strategies. Yeah, in other words. <laughs> okay, so there's a lot of people that are gonna be like, these strategies are really good, but mm -hmm. we both know that it comes down to making great content. Make so it, when, you're, yeah. when you're building a personal brand, how should we develop our content strategy? What does that look like? Maybe on LinkedIn, for example. Yeah, so on LinkedIn, video is the strongest. LinkedIn yeah. Live is going to be coming out soon too, yeah. uh, so it's going to be very interesting on, on, on that front. And then writing is still strong too. I think that um, writing out long, articles, uh, not articles, just the actual post itself. Okay, text post. Uh, a text post is, okay. is still very useful. Images are just it's it's all right. I think images kind of gets uh, penalized. I don't know. They just they're not, uh, LinkedIn's not as a fan of images for some reason. Okay. But uh, the the way to create content, in my opinion, there's 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 a super easy way all the way up to the hard way. The easy way is doing interviews or... Like this. Um, this is where a lot of my content comes from, by the way. It's just podcast it's a, it's a, interviews. Yeah, it, it's a great great way to if you, you know, to create content, right? And another, another way is uh, just like re-syndicating uh, news. So you can take the latest trends of what's happening, um, and then be just the, the, the person that breaks out the news, right? If you're considered an expert in that field if you're following it. Yeah, because like you're, you're constantly sharing trending news that's industry related, and you're breaking it out, right? And people um, are socially discovering whatever news that you're trying to share and present, right? So that's like another, another uh, tactic uh, to do. Yeah. Um, a third third way is uh, to then um, to start creating content from you know I, I think that the always other easiest way to create content is to just sit down and think of all these different bullet points of what uh, whatever topic or industry that you're in, mm -hmm. um, or you can just rift off of whatever's happened to you day to day. For example, if you're like taking a sales call meeting. You can talk about your process, you can talk about the client that you're trying to go nail, yeah. uh, you're, you can go talk about whatever it is that you're doing, and so then you're just literally documenting as you go. Um, that's another easy way to, to just uh, create content on uh, as you go. Um, the more harder stage is starting to invent and create your own unique pieces, whether it be uh, talks or uh, a lesson or some sort of value add. And that just requires you to think about how you want to educate people in that in that whatever space that you're in, mm -hmm. and, and share your knowledge bombs and and, and you know uh, and tactics or whatever it is. I think that's kind of the most powerful in my book. Oh yeah, I'm all the way on that side. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, of the spectrum, um, or another way is just to do create something that that is more, uh, I guess. Uh, 
another good way is like a curated news summary. So like top five things that happened in social media this week. Yeah. Um, you can keep put those bullet points. But one important thing is like if you ever are resyndicating and resharing the news, mm -hmm. always add your take in that piece. Right. Okay. I like that. Because then that's what's really valuable, valuable in terms of placing you as a thought leader. Yeah. In, you're, you're responding to what's happening. Uh, and you can do that through text, but video is actually, video responses is actually the most strongest, mm -hmm. one of the strongest out there. And if you look at YouTube, it's probably like one of the biggest categories out there. When Captain Marvel movie drops or a trailer drops, it's all the reaction videos that just blow up, blows up too, yeah. right? If there's something that happens in the, in the news, reaction videos also do, does very, do very well too, um, besides the articles and, and writing itself too. So I wouldn't underplay uh, even doing that. Yeah. Uh, because people want to see how you're reacting to that said industry news and, right. and, and adding your insights to it. Because the thing is, if you can provide value around whatever you're building your personal brand around, whether it's marketing, it might be sales, it might be fitness, it might be finance, could be all these things, and you're sharing stuff that can help other people that actually resonates, mm -hmm. then you're essentially building trust with them and showcasing yourself as an expert. And when you showcase yourself as an expert, when somebody says, you know, uh, they need some work done in whatever area it is that you focus on. It could be like, well, Alec makes content on this all the time, or Justin makes content on marketing all the time. Yeah. He's really good at that, it seems like. I'm going to reach out to him. Exactly. Exactly. So that's kind of how this all ties in, essentially. Yeah. Um, and do you have any other hacks on LinkedIn that you can think of at this moment, just to kind of wrap this up? Yeah, definitely. So uh, it's always good to connect with all the top uh, content creators and influencers in your space. Mm -hmm. And then what you want to do and is build relationships. With build them. relationships with them, and then maybe even round them all up into a group or a chat group. Ah, because then. It's putting you in the middle of all those thought leaders, right? And you're rounding them all up together, which is another value add. And then you're creating a community with the top influencers only, or a little pod or a chat yeah. group. Like, that is a strong way to just like insert yourself in the industry, whatever it is. Yeah. Honestly, that's because, powerful. Because there might be a lot of power players out there, but they might not be talking to each other. And you being the curator of, of people and like-minded and top-level people, they're gonna, you're going to create opportunities where other people can work together. And again, if you were the one that helped organize that, like you're getting a lot of kudos um, for making that connection happen. And they're going to be more likely to share your content to their audience. 100%. And, uh, and, then, uh, and then every single time you drop posts, you share it into that chat group and pod, then they're gonna like and comment, and it's just gonna spike you in the algorithm. Do you like pods? I like pods. I think that they're great. Yeah, okay. especially in the specific categories, whatever it is. And there's different flavors. Though. There's either automatic or manual or whatever it is. You know. There's... I have an interesting take on pods because yeah. I try to teach people at least. I make content on LinkedIn around how to build your personal brand and stuff like that. And I feel like if I'm gonna actually teach people how to grow a following. 
I should teach them how to do that organically without being forced to comment on other people's posts. Oh no, for sure. That's just in my opinion. I'm saying it could be very effective, but that's kind of my stance on it as someone trying to help people actually grow their following. Yeah. Like doing that organically. But nobody said like if you're in finance or sales and marketing that you need to do it necessarily organically. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of kind of that's kind of my take on that. Yeah, I mean obviously if you're getting really sh like shoddy comments, likes that are not relevant in your space and category, mm -hmm. then it won't really help you in your end-game end goal. Uh, if you are getting people in the fintech industry and they are commenting and liking and they themselves have a lot of followers, then that's very useful. Then it's very useful to then explode and get more exposure yeah. for your piece of content. Um, as long as uh, you don't get so, you have to just understand how much you're kind of juicing it, yeah, uh, yeah. In, a, in a sense. But you know, as always, like I always, I agree with you. I always mm -hmm. believe in strong fundamentals first. Yeah. And then when you apply these these little growth hacks, essentially, it's only to help explode it's just an your yeah. your good fundamentals. Again, like if you don't have good content, you don't have an initial strong community of champions of for your pieces of content, then it doesn't matter. You bring in a squad of people, of like-minded people to your content if it sucks, right? Like they're right. not gonna say anything meaningful. When people watch it into their feed, they're not gonna see anything meaningful. So um, I, I agree with you on the stance. I just think that if you, once you hit that stage afterwards and you're ready to just like get that, just spike up a little more, I think yeah. it is a tool that you can use and it's, it's been utilized uh, on every social network. We should define pods real quick. We yeah, sorry, that. sorry. <laughs> it's just like, let's say you're a group with 15 marketers and you're all putting out content. For everyone that puts out a piece of content, all those people comment on your post. Mm -hmm. So it's basically a group of people that agreed to comment on each other's content to help them gain exposure. Yeah, comment, like, share. So it's, uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a tactic. It's, a, it's one of those things that exist. And it happens on Instagram and Twitter, retweet, etc. Yeah, absolutely. So, Justin, when we talk about, you know, you've created, you know, this personal brand, you have a lot of followers, that's great, but, like, you've created, like, some serious businesses and revenue out of this. Like, what's kind of happened? Uh, yeah, it's been a lot of different things. Uh, uh, we've been, <laughs> uh, ever since building a community, we, we built a growth hacking uh, Facebook group, which we're live right now and uh, a growth hacking conference that we, we do every like three or four months as well. Uh, it's just, it's been leading to a lot of opportunities and I've been always one that is playing the long-term uh, yeah. game of everything, right? And so I'm not always trying to look for that quick dollar, quick opportunity. I think I'm, I'm always thinking about how can I continue to grow my brand and community. Um, but still make revenue. I think it's important that you shouldn't, like even if you're playing a long-term game, you need to have some sort of fuel to- Absolutely. To, get, to, give you, <laughs> to boost that rocket ship, right? Yeah. And I think that's like the biggest thing that a lot of personal brands actually fail is that- How do I turn this into revenue? Yeah, and like yeah. it's cool to get followers, likes and comments and engagements with your posts, but if you can't lead that to a landing page or an actual conversion opportunity, then you might feel that Creating like social media is getting zero ROIs because you're not yeah you're not building that funnel in a, a place where people can come and convert um, to and that's like probably like the biggest mistake for every personal brand out there is that 
they aren't setting themselves up to convert anything. Right. Um, again, like if you're starting out, yeah, like you're not trying to convert everyone from the get go. You're just trying to grow an audience. But trying to grow an audience, audience like, like hey, I'm, 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 you should move fast yeah. to that because the more you know, the more you start generating revenue, then you can take some of that and redump it back into ads or growth or sponsorships, collabs. There's so much to grow your personal brand even more. And then generate yeah. more opportunities. So right, and so that's that's the way I I, I look at it. And uh, but building a personal brand, whether you are an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, uh, working for somebody else, like there's there's so much opportunities that it can do for you. Whether you find investors or uh, find business partners yeah. and uh, other people that can help mentor you. So um, for me, it's helped my career immensely by allowing me to travel and speak a lot uh, around the world. So you get paid to um, speak. At these sometimes times. you were yeah. on stage with Larry King, yeah, yeah, that was a fun <laughs> one. <laughs> so that was with Larry King, as at a, uh, a fintech and uh, yeah. blockchain uh, place. So that was pretty crazy to, yeah, yeah. to get questions asked by Larry King. So that's awesome. yeah, <laughs> uh, so you know, but that's that didn't happen immediately. It's just again, it's just always starting out small, speaking at the small conferences and events, and and building up. And if nobody were, was going to let me speak in a stage. I'll create my own stage by creating my own events and my own conference. That's what I just did actually. That's With perfect. my personal branding event, I think space a couple months ago. I was like, I want to speak on this topic. I'm a marketer. Just do I'll it. Get people to show yeah. up, and, and it worked. And what better way again to put yourself in the middle of everybody by creating an actual event of value? That's what I think is like the strongest way to build a personal brand: real yeah. experiences. Yeah. And you're speaking on stage, and you organize this. And you're responsible for all the connections made. Mm -hmm. That's a really powerful way to showcase yourself as an authority in that field. Hundred percent, yeah. And that's what you're doing because you organize, you know, a couple of big blockchain conferences. Yeah, blockchain ones in Seattle, LA, New York, etc. And you got so many people to show up at the first one, right? Like six hundred people. Yeah, six hundred people. Through building your personal brand and creating these lists. Yeah, and stuff like that, right? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. And also, we're not going to forget that you built a marketing agency and you did a million dollars in your first year. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And as far as getting clientele, um, did your personal brand help with that? Oh, yeah, right? for sure. I mean, like, the thing about the personal brand side of things is that when people are watching your content, they really, you know, they're, and especially if they like it, like, you don't really need to sell them anymore. They're, they're sold. Like, they've, you don't need to introduce yourself, tell you what they do, what you do. And so yeah. my personal brand really drove a lot of that that growth to the marketing agency that we, we built. Did you do any uh, outbound? Barely, barely any outbound. Like we spent not very much outbound at all. It was a lot of inbound. Um, the besides the personal brand though, I, I think that what was important that really drove our growth was not so much personal brand. Personal brand helped in terms of the trust level factor and authority. Yeah. But it was building to use our personal brand as authority than to go out and build a lot of uh, referral relationships. By doing great work. By doing great work. And then going out to these other players out there, um, the way I was looking at building a marketing agency, yeah. I can go outbound or I can go and talk to lawyers that are dealing with other entrepreneurs. I can talk to other accounting firms and accountants. I can talk to commercial yeah. real estate people. Uh, I was just sitting there, or I can talk to other community leaders and event and conference people. Yeah. Right. Again, like I'm looking for people that were have huge networks of the exact audience that I want to go and work out a deal with them, 
and then oh like referral referral type. yeah oh and it's kind of like the you army where you have a bunch of people yeah that are kind of working there. for you 100 yeah. percent. and it was oh, it's, like it. it's always like what you always have to do is um, provide value to your referral partner and sometimes i'll even go out of my way to help let's say like i know let's say like a outsource uh, CFO service. Yeah, I know that he needs to update his funnel and website. That has nothing to do with a referral thing, right? Yeah. But the fact that I helped him rebuild his marketing automation drip and funnel with some of my expertise, like kind of bartering my time, like he was making, he was entering his whole portfolio at that after that. Right? Yeah, that's it's because because then they're like, oh wow, like because then they know what you can do after that, right? Um, yeah. Or if I can't do it, then I'll find somebody else to do it. Like if they need help with updating a website, then I'll go and find somebody to get it done for them. Yeah. If I really want that in their network and, and trust. And uh, and at that point, it's just like left and right. Another good way was like um, help an accelerator or a VC firm. Like they need help with their personal brand, you help them out. Uh, or they need help with uh, getting more people to sign up for their accelerator, then like they'll give you access to the portfolio. So it's, it's kind of, uh, I always think about a value exchange with very big and network people. Yeah, just kind of huge. giving, kind of like, so that sort of idea of finding these people that are connected to your ideal customer and just kind of giving them something of value, like without yeah. expectation. And if I don't know the answers, I will find the right person to solve it or connect, at least connect them to that so that I'm providing value to that person and then they're gonna return the favor back. Yeah, uh, especially if they have a portfolio of companies that they are That's managing. So I want to, I want to get, into, I want to get in there, right? But it takes trust to get through that walled garden. Yeah. What better way than to provide value? And there's so many other values. Another value piece is have them speak on stage on your conference or event. Yeah, or introducing company. them to someone that yeah. can make that happen. Like well, I introduce a lot of people to Vlad, <laughs> for example. Yeah, Vlad's a great guy too. And uh, another way, great way, is doing an interview, right? And it's yeah. just like I'm pretty sure potentially we could do some deals together. But then you go to your ideal target partner and referral partner out there, do an interview and feature them. Uh, then, then the next conversation after the interview can talk about like how you can work together. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And instead of you just going cold out there and trying to say, hey, let's. Give me all your leads and uh, referrals. Like, what's in it for me? <laughs> right. right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like you, know, you just—it's yeah. it's, it's, it's all a trust factor. And personal branding plays one factor into it because it helps Lynn to give you authority and thought leadership. Uh, it's but, offline and online. Yeah. Exactly. It's yeah. a mix of because I don't know when I was giving this personal brand presentation, I say there's there's four great ways that you can amplify your personal brand. Mm -hmm. And the first one was just like do great work. Yeah. Because one, clients are happy, they'll continue working with you and you'll get referrals. Yeah. Two is building relationships, going out, meeting new people, having them on your podcast, whatever, just meeting a lot of new people, doing great work, creating content online, which is what we talked about. Mm -hmm. And then four, which is creating experiences, which are like live, in-person events. Yeah. So if you can do those four things, then that's a good formula. Do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, I would agree 100% and uh, it's, it's hard to do so you anybody that's out there that's starting should just always focus on whatever they're most yeah. comfortable, comfortable with right mm, it's a lot to do uh, but over time that's exactly what I did I was creating content online building relationships offline 
started hosting my own events, started hosting online seminars and webinars and events too. And they're just all different ways that I am insert, essentially inserting myself as a thought leader in X category or X industry. And if you think about it, um, especially in whatever professional space that you're in, that's all the different mediums and modes that you are going and consuming uh, that piece of content anyways. People going to meetups, events, uh, people consuming content online, Facebook groups, etc. I want to be everywhere where everybody's at, <laughs> yeah. to be honest. But it all starts out with one thing uh, first and then continue adding more as you're comfortable uh, adding more. And can prioritize the time and yeah. have the motivation, which is a whole nother discussion. But yeah, yeah, motivation. That's another talk. Yeah. But so just where are you going now? So you're in block, you're start off in information architecture, you go into growth hacking, you're in blockchain. What's yeah. next for you? Uh, I think it's continuing on. I'm just still continuing on heavy into the blockchain space. Yeah. Uh, I think that even though like the crypto and Bitcoin market is down, yeah. um, it's still higher than it was like three years, two or three years ago. Yeah, so yeah. It's like, significantly higher. So each wave is getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. And so the idea is this: is that anybody there's anytime there's the market is down, a lot of people will leave. Right, the the, the little uh, hype is gone, and so there's not as much players in the space. Yeah. That gives even more opportunity for me to just rise to the top because there's nobody else that people are looking to work with left right. over, uh, except um, whoever's left. So you're saying like now is a good time to get into perfect, perfect time to insert yourself, um, and uh, so I'm always uh, you know continue on the blockchain side of things. Another another avenue that I'm, I'm looking is outside of blockchain is more so just like uh, fintech finance. Yeah, uh, that's going to be. Um, that has not been impacted by the, the blockchain space at all, but it's been huge. Like Robinhood, uh, Acorns, like those have been mod like just exploding so much. Like in inventing new ways to finance vehicles or homes. Like yeah. it's solving these different ways or creating easy, just easy inefficiencies, um, solving inefficiencies out there instead of filling yeah. a lot of forms for a loan or anything like that. Like um, to me, that's exciting. Um, uh, to, to dive more into that space and um, one last other category that I, I'm, I'm just like looking at and still studying more on the fringe is uh, esports and gaming. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big gamer and I love Apex Legends and uh, all those other games so yeah. uh, I think that in the next two years we're going to see another big spike in esports um, because 5G is coming out and uh, cloud gaming is coming out too so uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's going to be huge because um, if you think about it, uh, even Netflix said that Fortnite was a, a bigger threat than HBO and all these uh, all these other like Netflix Jeez. wannabes um, yeah. than to Netflix because it's taking so much attention, bandwidth, and time, and uh, and these people are spending money too. So it's I, I think it's going to be a, uh, a big growing category, and I'm really uh, bullish on it. <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> so with respect to your time, I have one more question. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So let's. Uh, Everything, everything to show for your life. You've lived a really great life. You've done everything you wanted to do in your life. Right. <laughs> and uh, let's say for some reason it all disappears. There's nothing left to show for your work. There's no videos. There's no lead magnets. There's nothing. But you can leave the world 
with three things that you know to be true about success, about achieving success? Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Speak directly to the world. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my, my first point, uh, first thing that I would say that would always lead to success is uh, to always value, uh, I, I guess, always value mentorship and uh, I guess peers or communities. Uh, yeah. I think that as an entrepreneur, or we have this attitude where we want to go out and do everything ourselves. I mean, I mean, we're already breaking the mold away from everybody that's working the normal nine to five job as is. Um, but sometimes that makes us very um, competitive and combative and, and very isolating. Yeah. Because we, you know, we believe that we're the only ones out there that's doing said industry or being a company entrepreneur. Right. Um, whereas there's a whole world of entrepreneurs out there that you can connect with and, and continue to grow with. And so uh, I think that the biggest mistake that I did as on my early career was doing everything by myself. And there's just no way that you have the skill sets to do everything. And there's yeah. always somebody more experienced than you. Um, so uh, to me, it's, it's always value working with the people that have done whatever it is. And if you don't have the experience, then working under them is even more valuable too. Especially get paid, it's like free paid learning. So to me, that's like um, like yeah. one one value um, that I would say. Um, uh, two is uh, I would say always focus on your skill sets, no matter no matter what it is. Like to me, um, I was I'm always a big believer of the phrase "be so good that they can't ignore you," mm. and and let your work speak for itself, and it will always sell itself no matter what. You don't really have to hype it much. It's going to be there and so whatever it is that you're looking to do just always really spend time to train and build up those skill sets and the mentality that I always go thinking about that that specific uh, mentality is a fighters or in championship my championship mindset meaning if you want uh, if you look at the greats like LeBron James and Michael Jordan and Muhammad Ali, uh, Conor McGregor, etc. They are behind the scenes, constantly training and becoming the best of the best every single day. And you need to put in that level of work in your skill sets in order to become the best. And 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 so to me, that that that's something I always value before going out and building any personal brand. You always have to be whatever you say you are. Yeah. Um, and do great work. Do great work, and that will always sell itself. Uh, and the last thing I, I'd say is, um, the last value thing I think is that you should spend a lot of effort and time working, but you should always, uh, get rest. <laughs> yeah. No matter what, like it's, I know you want to go four hours, <laughs> three, four hours, hustle, grind, 60s, <laughs> whatever, how many hours you want to work a day, but, um, it's just not worth it, it, it being healthy is the most important thing, <laughs> right? Um, because you can't sustain that. Then um, that the amount the amount that you crash, the amount that you're tired, will keep adding up, and you become more inefficient in the way that work. Sometimes you just call it quits, go sleep, reset, and get back at it again. Yeah, you can't be good at managing your time if you can't manage your energy level. 
hundred percent, hundred percent. So that to me, that's like another like the last tip there. I'd say cool for that. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. Justin, thank you so much, uh, no guys. You can just search Justin. Well, he'll be in the podcast notes. He'll be featured on. He'll be tagged in whatever LinkedIn videos I put out. It's hard to miss him. Just Justin Wu W U. Thank you so much, man. Really appreciate it. No worries. Thanks again for having me. Thank you guys for watching this episode of the Smashing Brands podcast. Hopefully you learned a lot from Justin. I certainly did. If you can really deploy some of these strategies, the results in your life could really be immense, especially for growing your personal brand. If you'd like to learn more about him or reach out, just add him over on LinkedIn, or you can also email him at justin at coinstate.com. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye.